And I feel like they always knew it was heading towards a dinosaurs in the space normal. <laughs> That's where it's <laughs> headed. Dinosaurs in space. <laughs> please, please. <laughs> Jurassic World 4. <laughs> In 1999, a slightly disturbing young man declared that we are soldiers of hell. We are neither soldiers nor from hell, but like obedient little sleeper agents, we have gradually recruited people from popular culture to create a military force to be reckoned with. Each episode, we'll be nominating someone new to join our ranks. Tell you what, do you like to be beside the seaside? Beside the seaside? Beside the sea. Oh, right, okay. Yeah. So... Another entry in our outdoor pursuits. <laughs> I feel like this um, is the best way to it's podcast. The only, it's the only way. Right, um, like multitasking. That's it, yeah. So once again, we're surrounded by dogs and children and um, other people's children on this occasion as well, because yeah. we're in the beautiful seaside resort of um, Filet. <laughs> Filet Mignon. <laughs> <laughs> we are washing the children on the uh, urban gym. Workout park. Yeah. I often think that, especially when it's summery like this, that in an evening I'll go to it. Urban gyms are everywhere now, right? Yeah, yeah, it's one near us. I've, I often think, yeah, that's what that's what I'll do in my evenings. I'll go, no. No. When I finish work and I'm knackered <laughs> and there's demands from parenting, I'm not going to go on an urban gym. I have seen six, seven of these... Uh, just for clarification, for people know what we're talking about. We don't just mean a gym in an urban setting. We mean one of these that's like on a play park type thing where it's outside, free to use, and all the machinery uses your own body weight. I've never seen someone using it as an actual gym. No. I've only ever seen kids abusing it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Just like we've been abusing our bodies earlier today with ice cream and fish and chips. And, and I think the... The best way we've abused our bodies is by re- recreating Tom Gun. By flaunting by our... taking our tops off on a British beach and playing uh, Kenny Loggins, playing with the boys as we throw a frisbee to each other, clumsily. Yeah, we didn't even oil before, up. Before flexing. It's time for a rank. What shall we call this feature? The soldiers of hell rank off. Come rank with me. Strictly come ranking. Maybe just a load of rank. Well, that, this is in uh, obviously homage to uh, Top Gun Maverick, which we've recently seen, and uh, and they recreate the volleyball with some version of American football. I saw some people on the beach today with like I think it was like crossing American football and a rocket. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I want I want one. I've, I, Maybe I've that's how we can yeah. recreate it. Number yeah, four. Yeah, definitely get that spin. Top Gun Four, rocket ball. Whatever a rocket ball is. I don't know, it sounds like a competition. Do you think our wives and children found our Top Gun homage um, accurate? I'd be surprised if they can now watch the film and not think of us instead. <laughs> Which one were you it's, then? <laughs> in the new one, when they're playing the American football on the beach, one of them, and I think it's... Oh, the guy who was in Fantastic Four, Miles Teller. Oh, yeah. I think he's he 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 uh, his son. Yeah, he does a weird like, dance move where it's sort of like his back snap. <laughs> it looks like he's having some sort of seizure. I saw you try and recreate that moment. <laughs> I tried to do a cartwheel whilst picking up the aerobate. <laughs> had a conversation with a colleague the other day. He was in his early 30s. And he normally drives a 4x4. Four four. 
but it was in the garage, so he got a courtesy car. And he said he enjoyed it, other than he had to like fold himself in and out of it. He's not used to those kind of vehicles anymore. And he said he felt like a middle-aged man every time he get in and out of it. And I said, I feel like a middle-aged man every time I get in and out of any vehicle. Any chair. <laughs> he said, is that because you are a middle-aged man? I said, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I mean, it's quite common for my first impression of any day to be, oh, that aches. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed at one point today on the beach, I can't remember what you did, I think you were digging a hole for the kids and then you stood up and you went <laughs> you got up was was just, like, you have to make the noise I was just imagining what it would be like if Tom Jones got up <laughs> speaking of embarrassing the kids uh, and Tom Jones <laughs> last night when we both tried to do the Tom Jones dance the same dance <laughs> and they were like what is that and we're like well, Tom Jones and and without without discussing it beforehand, we both knew what the backing track in our head was. Yeah, <laughs> we were both both singing sex pop. <laughs> Although there are many Tom Jones songs that are great, I think Sex Bomb distills the essence of Tom Jones oh, perfectly. the best. Perfectly, he's the sort of swarthy uncle that if you took. A new girlfriend to a wedding, a family, a family wedding. You'd be worried you'd be trying to take her off you. Do you think that's still the case now he's in his 80s? Oh, definitely. Definitely, even though he looks like he's predominantly got hair made of Brillo pads. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, how old was he when he decided to stop dying it? 70? I think he yeah. died it quite late on. I'm yeah. sure he was still dying it in the sex bomb days. Yeah. So the kids, we're in the arcade and the kids have they've, they've chosen wisely, in my opinion. They've gone for the Jurassic Park shooting game. Which, they played this last summer and uh, seem to enjoy killing the humans more than the dinosaurs. Yeah, and when cautioned against doing it again, I only said that I enjoy killing the humans. <laughs> um, one to watch out for in the future, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're killing Triceratops as we speak. Soldiers of so you'll notice it's slightly quieter now in the background because we haven't got the sounds of bleep, 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 bleep. <laughs> Come dying, on, play here. Dying velociraptors in the background or... Yeah. Um, uh, oh, what were da- they? Dance games. Pterodons, dance games and... Uh, Hit-a-minion games. Hit-a-whack-a-minion. Yeah. Whack-a-minion. Yeah, that's... Um, it's good. So, because we've retired to the comfort... Of the, of the caravan. Yes. So, um, um, on the theme of Jurassic Park, will you be going to watch Jurassic World Dominion? I will. Um, I, My youngest is obsessed with Jurassic Park. She loves it. I think it's her favourite film, probably. Um, and I really The original wa- one. The, the, um... I don't. I don't know actually. I don't know if we're she Jurassic. Likes, she likes Jurassic Park three best. <laughs> she, I think if you asked her about Jurassic Park, one of her first things would be on about the Velociraptor that says Alan. <laughs> she does like that because yeah. I just joke with her. She always says, "What? Which one is Jurassic Park three? And my answer is always the one where a Velociraptor says Alan. <laughs> <laughs> if it was a Friends episode, that's what it would be called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you got the first one. 
the one where they make dinosaurs. Mm. You got the second one, the one where they milk the cash cow. Yeah. And the third one, the one where a Velociraptor says Alan. <laughs> and the fourth one, the one where it's been long enough for people to forget that you didn't need another one. And Fallen Kingdom, which is the one where they forget it's a dinosaur film and think it's a haunted house film. Which I haven't yet seen. It's alright. It's got some good bits. It's got some some less good bits. Um It it I feel like the second one in the world trilogy is the necessary step they had to take to get to Dominion. Because the first one is obviously let's re establish how this has happened again. Yeah. And I feel like they always knew it was heading towards a dinosaurs in the space normal <laughs> that's where it's Dino- headed dinosaurs in space <laughs> please please <laughs> jurassic world 4 J- jurassic <laughs> off planet world 4 <laughs> i mean that sounds like a film you've got to have john travolta involved in <laughs> <laughs> and nicholas cage yeah i want to take the t-rex's face off <laughs> <laughs> basically descend into an episode of dinosaurs yeah um but yeah so so you've got to come up with a way of how they get from the park to how they get into the normal world and two is the stepping stone that it's a means to an end really jurassic park the lost world should have been that stepping stone though right yes and I, and I fall out a little bit with... I think Jurassic Park 2 is not as bad as perhaps people remember it being. I think Steven Spielberg has said it's probably one of the only films he regrets making. Yeah. Um, what? Indiana Jones 4? When, did he direct that? Yeah. Oh, man. This interview must obviously predate that. Now he's got two films on that list. I once heard that a suggestion that the best... I think it was a magazine article that was saying, make a better film by combining two films together. And the example that I read and thought, yes, yes, that's what everyone wants, was Indiana Jones and the Jurassic Park. It writes itself. It would be incredible. Yeah. Not now. Back in, like, if if it had happened, if it had been the fourth Indiana Jones film in the early... 90s that would have been incredible I, I slightly disagree and I'll come back to it in a <laughs> okay I'll cycle back around to it um finishing off the Jurassic Park there's you can split Jurassic Park into two trilogies clearly yes the first two hang together slightly better I think because they were written by Michael Crichton as Jurassic Park 1 and 2 in essence how much he always knew he would make a second Jurassic Park novel and how that was a reaction to well they're making a film so so I now need to make a film a book to go along with it yeah but there's bits like um there's bits from the film in Jurassic Park 2 that are from the first Jurassic Park book like the the film starts with a little girl getting attacked on a beach by lots of um the tiny oh yeah dinosaurs that, I think, is the opening scene in the book from the first Jurassic Park. Oh. 
and the bit in the second film where the hunter goes off and gets separated from the group and gets attacked by loads of the little ones. The oh, I can't remember what they call them, little ones now. You're a podcast. Yes. yes. What's that? Oh, hi, podcast. Hey, young What's that? Nah. It's called an Evercade. Would you like to have a go on it? Yeah. Can we go to the arcade? For retro games, sorry. Can we go to the arcade? <laughs> well, you said that you said we can go to the arcade. I didn't. <laughs> no, when you two wasn't here, when we were outside. No, when we were waiting outside the area, you asked if we needed the pass to get into the arcade, and I said, no, you could no, just go into it. No, I said, 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 I no. <laughs> what? What do you mean? Are you not entertained? No. No. Are you not, not entertained? entertained? <laughs> no, boys. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Sergeant of Hell podcast. <laughs> no. After this brief intermission, we'll be back with movie chat. What? When you have like a monster, what do you do? What game are you playing? Whatever that one is. I haven't really tried that one yet. If you press, uh, is it menu or options? Menu. And then you can scroll down to controls and it'll tell you what to press. It's open until midnight. What's the entertainment? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I definitely want it. Can I, can I go on the, can I go on the pedalos? No. Can I go on the park? No. Can I have a nice game? No. Can I, can I play golf? No. Can I go on the trampoline? No. Can I, can, I, can I go in the pool? No. Can I go on the beach? No. Can I have an ice cream? No. Can I have candy floss? No. Can I go on the jumping things? No. What are you doing? Can I find the glass? I'll sort one out for you in a second. You're waiting until I run out then, aren't you? Yeah, and you said ice cream twice. Oh, no. <laughs> Got to do it all again oh, now. Just a minute. No repetition. No hesitation. <laughs> yeah. We're playing a situation here. You can't hesitate or... Mallet's mallet. You mustn't pause. Mustn't hesitate. Just bash on the head like this. Or like this. That's reminded me so much about that Chris Hoy interview again. <laughs> It's brilliant. There's a game we should do, and you get a pillow, and you ask a question, and if they get it wrong, you have to bat them in the head, like, in their head. That's Mallet's Mallet. That is Mallet's Mallet. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, but with a pillow instead of a mallet. (laughs) (laughs) We got the other fair colour. Bong. Right. I think we break off here to show our children what Mallet's Mallet is. It must be on YouTube. (laughs) So that was Mallet's Mallet. Uh, what are your thoughts? Okay, kids? Um, my wait. My thought is that I thought it was gonna be like a Thor's hammer, mm. and it was like an inflatable hammer. I thought it was like. Hello. I thought it was gonna be like very. <laughs> I thought it was gonna be like a hard thing because I don't know what a mallet is. So I thought it was gonna be hard, but it wasn't. I thought it was very strange. <laughs> so just to clarify, you thought it would be a TV show where a grown man hits a child with an actual <laughs> yeah. hammer. Yes. Okay. I thought that. Um, I thought I thought it had more music to it. It was literally like it's like the word is beans, sausages. Just go bong, and then there'll be the next thing, and it was like. That's boring. How do you watch that on TV? So there you go. Wait, wait. I need to get someone else's opinion on it. What does the doggy think about I it? Know. I think that you're all very strange because you watch TV. Okay, bye-bye. So it's about two hours later. Yeah. Uh, and we've played a full board game and the kids have gone back out to play and I have no idea what we were talking about. We were talking Jurassic 
Park slash World and Indiana Jones. Oh yeah, and one better than the other. But oh, you were talking about the books. And yes, there was points the in the books that ended up in different yeah. films. And there's, it makes me wonder how how much of how well a trilogy hangs together is crucial around the idea of was it always planned as a trilogy? Because we've I think we've discussed this before where. A successful film then has to become a trilogy. <laughs> we talked about this like almost fifteen years ago, yeah. I think, because it was it was the in vogue at the time, and it and it's true, I think, and it still maintains that trueness that they they sort of forget the second film almost. Yeah. The important thing is it gets to that magic number of having a trilogy. Yeah, and. All too often, the second film is just a stepping stone to the third one. And for me, Jurassic Park is sort of an exception in that the first one was a standalone book, standalone film, became successful. I suspect Michael Crichton wrote The Lost World because he knew the film was coming out and wanted to give it some sense of legitimacy. Yeah. And by the time the third one came out, it just seems that all everyone who was originally invested in it was sort of like, that's enough, that's enough now. Steven Spielberg stepped away, Michael Crichton stepped away. They didn't need the cash cow anymore. No. And obviously now it's come full circle again, and it's, you know, the second Jurassic trilogy is about to conclude, and is concluding. And so in that way, Park stands alone in that, especially for the time it was made which was very much that um, time of we need to make a trilogy yeah I, t- I like to think of these films a bit like and we mentioned this recently like the first film of a saga trilogy series of films whatever is usually the most iconic it's usually the best uh, and it's quite often diminishing returns it's it's the exception that you get an Empire Strikes Back or a Dark Knight where the second film is better than the first um, and stands on the platform of the first. Usually the first is better and the second is we're just retreading what what you've already seen before because we don't want to go too far from the formula because we're going to upset people. Yeah. The, the beats of most major sequels echo the beats of the original the f- the second jaws film as i think we can probably say is the first major summer blockbuster sequel yeah with i think most people consider jaws to be the first summer blockbuster film um it's very much a the circumstances are variations on a theme but it's very much the beats are similar to the first film yes Here's a threat. No one knows. The sheriff understands the threat. No one believes him. Oh, look, everyone's isolated in this location. Let's kill it through sheer luck and a bit of willing determination. Yes. Um, very much the same for Jurassic Park 2. Yes. Um, with the, most notably, the T-Rex attack on the trailers. That is, it mirrors the T-Rex attack on the Jeeps, but it sort of ups the ante a little bit yeah. in terms of it's a bigger car and there's more T Rexes. Yeah. Um, but having said that, I am still looking forward to Jurassic Park Dominion, Jurassic World Dominion, because I just want to see 
dinosaurs rampaging through Venice. Yeah. I don't know if it is Venice. It's an Italian city, I think. But is I thought, it? I'm right. sure it's set in Italy, but... Okay. I thought they took over the whole world, but I might be wrong. Um, so, you put a pin in the ah, conversation yes, about right. Indiana Jones and we, the Jurassic yeah. Park. So, the thing about Jurassic Park being a perfect sort of Indiana Jones platform, in a way, um, I slightly disagree in that I feel like the Indiana Jones films tread a very fine line between real-world, old-fashioned sort of, I suppose you'd call it... Mythology? Swashbuckling, okay. in a way, in that it's, it's old-fashioned, good old-fashioned boy's own yeah. adventure. Yeah. With the, There's mysticism to it, but I think they quite carefully pick how much they lean into it. And it leans in and takes that sort of occult, yes. Mysterious organisations, yes. Shadow conspiracies, yes. Push beyond that too far into the outlandish. And I think it breaks that... It, and I suppose it's it's all human-based occult. It's... Do you think that's why the fourth one didn't work with the space-based stuff? Yeah, it's a massive leap to go from um, Raiders of the Lost Ark and all that and uh, Last Crusade to suddenly having a full-blown alien spacecraft. It's too much of a a jump to me. Yeah. And I suppose it's... What Indiana Jones does to me, for me, is... It grounds that mysticism very well in the real world. Yeah. There's never any... There's not really... Apart from the sort of bit at the end of the first one and the bit with the bloke's face melting again, it's always face melting that breaks it. There's never anything visual that's really massively outlandish. No. It's fairly grounded. It's in the second one. It's all, it's a satanic cult and they're doing stuff that you could believe could happen. An extreme group of people could do. I mean, there's a bit in it that's obviously like, you know, supernatural, but generally speaking, it's, it's kind of within that realm. Yeah. It it doesn't go too big and that's the danger of sequels, isn't it? They go too big. They just keep building on stuff. You don't want to see Indiana Jones in a gira- in with dinosaurs. Yes, that, that, I suppose that's the thing. So, and and the other thing, which I sort of have to cycle back to anyway, is as they st- as they stood, I think the Indiana Jones trilogy came to a close as perfectly as a trilogy has ever ended. And they rode off into the sunset. They, it literally, literally rides off into the sunset. Yeah. It saves the world again. It's, it's and it's a really good last film. Arguably the best of the three films for my money. Yeah, I all too often the the last one in a trilogy is the one that's really the divisive one. So I think a lot of people before the prequels and this the 
second sequels of the Star Wars films would argue that Return of the Jedi is probably the weakest of yep. the Star Wars films. For me, I think it's my favourite. Is it? Yeah. Be- and I think that's because... Luke's become what he was yeah, destined to become. You, yeah. yeah. That's what I really like about it. But, you know, the last... The Rise of Skywalker shows in so many ways the dangers of not having a clear plot for the three films. Yeah. And that whole second Disney trilogy of films, for me, is the cautionary tale. Taken individually, I like all of them. Yeah. But they don't hang together well. Well, each one is a course correction of the previous film, isn't it? Absolutely. The first, the first one is a big nostalgia homage to the previous ones. The, the the one after that is a well actually we need to go off on our own path the third one is a hang on a second people didn't like going off on our own path so let's let's <laughs> like let's t- try and loosely tie it all together sort with of, the originals again and actually yeah as, for better or worse when you actually consider the task that the last jedi had not the last jedi right Sky Skywalker. Skywalker had of tying three separate trilogies written in three different decades spanning 40-odd years. Yeah. Actually, and pleasing fans that were already in a grumpy place because of the previous film, when you put it in that context, I don't think it's that bad at all. No. When you compare it to Endgame, which came out the same year, and tied together 20 odd films but there were 20 odd films that had been released over a 10 year period where there was a clear plan and direction all building towards that end game it it was never going to be able to achieve the same um, same kind of consistency no and and the other side issue to it I suppose is that you've also got because you've had in, in the intervening years between the original Star Wars trilogy and now, or then, as, you, as I suppose you'd have to take it, you've had various video games, books, comics, all these things that filled in the blanks yeah. between various episodes of the stories that were suddenly, on the Disney acquisition, rendered non-canon. Yeah. And unfortunately, for better or worse, by the time Disney started making that first film a lot of people already had in their head what was their perception of what Star Wars should be. Yes. And unless you made that specifically, you're going to upset them. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> uh, the, the ladies have just walked in, brandishing... <laughs> crunching up cornflakes. Crunching up cornflakes. Like, like they clusters. were... Yeah, like they were the Holy Grail. And... Uh, Maybe that's where the Indiana Jones films will will end up. Indiana Jones and the Crunchy Nut Cluster. <laughs> um, when it comes to breakfast cereals, you've chosen wisely. <laughs> His father's dead. <laughs> and on that bombshell. Let's ride off into the sunset. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see you for a... Like, Legacy sequel in 10 years' time. <laughs> no more taking tops off on the beach. 
Soldiers of Hell is a Fosgate Studios production. If you enjoyed it, please like, subscribe, comment, and share.